The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 153. Friday, June 25th, 2010. So this is the Paunch Stevenson Show, episode 153. Yes! PaunchStevenson.com. I am Rob. You are Greg. As yeah. always, as always. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've changed that lineup yet. <laughs> the The network has not sought fit to uh, to fire us quite yet. We haven't had quite a yeah. We haven't had a Freaky Friday. What? Like we haven't switched? Uh, you know. <laughs> Where would that come from? Like father, like son, or whatever. Oh that no. Remember in the 1980s, there were a few of those. Some people say Trading Places was the first. I mean, they didn't switch bodies, but... No, but I'm talking about... There was one with Fred Savage. There was one with Kirk Cameron. Yeah, yeah. There was the Kirk Cameron... Um, I forget which one was first, but the Kirk Cameron Dudley Moore one. Yeah. That was like Father Like Son, I think. And then there was the one with uh, Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. Oh, boy. Which was so annoying, because Fred Savage was so annoying. It's like, how could you make Fred Savage more annoying? Make him pretend to be an adult. Then a couple of years later, there was one where Jimmy Smits played a character who died and came back as Ellen Barkin. Okay. Then, hold on. Then you also had the situation, 18 again, where George Burns gets turned into an 18-year-old, switching places with his grandson. And I'm not done. So there were a bunch. Yeah, well, hold on. Then there was the Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Dream a Little Dream, yeah. <laughs> where Corey Feldman switches places with Jason Robards. Oh, man. How do you? How are you remembering all of this? Because these were like big movies back then. I saw them like nine million times. The one with Fred Savage was called Vice Versa. Vice Versa, 1988. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. And they really, it was the same thing every time. It was, I mean, you could even throw Big into that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tom Hanks, he gets turned into an adult. It was, every, these people kept cha like changing forms and everything. I don't know, maybe they were just trying to rip off the Transformers. Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show. This is a blast from the past. This is somebody who uh, was on the internet for a while. We, we made fun of him many years ago. Uh, it was really funny. And then I thought that he just like disappeared and wasn't on the internet anymore. But it turns out he's been here the he's been there the whole time and he has been doing more insane things than he's ever done. All right, so I want you to cue the surprise MP3. It's about three minutes long. It's actually a, 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 the audio from a video, and I think you'll know right away who it is. All right, I'm going to play it. Hey, the big man's back! Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, who is it? 
Hey, the big man's back. <laughs> well, no, play, play the whole thing. Get thousands of emails every day, big man. You lost a lot of weight. How'd you do it? Well, I went on a strict diet. I tell you what I used to do. You see that kid Adam Richmond on that show, Man vs. Food, great show, great Brooklyn boy, Adam Richmond. In my heyday, I'd put him in my back pocket. I used to go over to Peter Luger's over in Brooklyn, go there with four people, sit down at the table, the waiter come over, I order a double shrimp cocktail, I order tomatoes and onions, I'd order a big salad, and I order some nice lamb chops and some bacon as an appetizer. While I'm chowing down on that, I'd eat 12 onion rolls with butter. Then a waiter would come back and ask it, you ready to order the steak now? I said, yeah, I'll have steak medium rare for four. And then he'd walk away. I'd go, hey, pal, where you going? They got an order now. Give me steak for four, two orders of cream spinach, and two orders of whole fried potatoes. And I'd go through that like Grant went through Richmond. Seventy-two ounces of the finest beef that you ever found on this earth. Two orders of cream spinach and two orders of whole fried potatoes. Then after I stuffed all that down, he'd come back and he'd ask everybody, would you like some dessert? And then one guy would say, give me a chocolate mousse. The other guy, give me a sundae. The other guy would say, give me the strittle. And I always told him I'll have the cheesecake. And the waiter would come back, hand everybody the dessert, put the cheesecake in front of me and look at me, and I gave him a look that could kill. And I said, I asked you for the cheesecake. And he looked back at me and he said, Mike, it is the cheesecake. I said, I don't want a slice. I don't want a sliver. I want the whole cheesecake. Go get it. And to boot, to boot, I put two pounds of the schlag on top. The fresh whipped cream they got over at Pina Lugas. I ate like a gobble. I blew up the 470 pounds. I couldn't take it no more. <laughs> he does this still every day he's been doing it i think here's i stopped like looking looking him up when he's his website went to like pay you had to pay <laughs> yeah and that was like three years ago but apparently he he's on youtube ah. and the, the account is mike from brooklyn and it, there's like that there's like hundreds of his videos up there and here's the kicker. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I just happened to see him, and I'm like, wait a minute. What, what happened to him? You know, he used to be like 500 pounds or whatever it was. Yeah. And now he's like this, like, he's like shriveled. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at one of his uh, recent videos, um, not the one of the links I just sent you. Those are older. 
All right, I went but, to youtube.com slash Mike from Brooklyn. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he's just insane. Now, here's the thing, though. About two years ago, he started doing these skits. Like, so it wasn't just him sitting in his bedroom screaming into a, a webcam or whatever. <laughs> he yeah. was actually doing skits. And I think that account, I mean, it's also, I mean, it's on his account too. There's another one called Sicilian 429. And there's these skits on there where he's, he's acting out the Sopranos. <laughs> what? He, he, wait, then he does another one where he's doing some kind of like a people's court. And he's the judge. And he's screaming at the people. He's like, you moron. I'm the big man. And I said you're going to jail for a hundred years. You picked up a penny off the sidewalk that wasn't yours. Screaming at him. At who? I don't Some of these like really bad actors. Stupid. And now here's the, this is the worst. I want you to click on this one. This is the first link I sent you. It's titled The Big Man Meets the Joker. Okay. And they do like a parody of kind of like the news reports and, and the, the Joker. This is from the Dark Knight, you know, Batman, the Dark Knight, Heath the Ledger. Yeah. And Heath Ledger would do, the Joker would do these like stupid videos they put on the quote news, like viral. So he did him and he's still fat at the time and he's got the Joker like uh, makeup on his face. It's hilarious. It's absolutely right. insane. All right, I'm going to watch it. What's the matter? You don't like the look of my face? <laughs> I did it myself. I do face jobs. <laughs> I love the taste of metal. <laughs> I just love the taste of metal. Got any jobs? Waste removal. I love waste removal. I'm your man. I'm your man. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I like things to tickle my brain. <laughs> Don't you like getting your brain tickled? <laughs> is this idiot doing <laughs> he should have been on the, the batman <laughs> actually that's true he should have been the joker oh i know they, they do the next batman they should get him as the joker is this supposed to be him like 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 an acting demo reel it must be <laughs> this is horrendous <laughs> you see what he's doing at the end he yeah. keeps shaking <laughs> Oh, God. The Superman one is even worse. It's the big man, a strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and ability far beyond those of mortal men. Yes, the big man who could change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel with his bare hands, and who disguised as Mike Correccio, the kid from Brooklyn fights the ever-ending battle for truth. 
justice and the American way. <laughs> the big man's always happy to see you. They basically laid him on a table in front of the green screen and they're pretending that he's flying. <laughs> Why are his arms dangling? Because he's laying on a table. So he could hold his arms out. Oh, <laughs> I guess not. This is so stupid. That's the big man. The kid from oh. Brooklyn. He's back. <laughs> I can't believe all these videos that he posted. Well, it's like he, he he's remember how when we first started talking about him, we're like, this guy posts a new three, four videos a day. Yeah, he's still doing it. And they are they're all terrible, but they're hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, speak. All right. So speaking of videos, you sent me an email a while ago about Weird Al and the Macho Man. Weird Al Yankovic had the Weird Al show back in. Yeah. It was either the 90s, 1998 or 1999. Yeah. And it was, a, it was like a Saturday morning show for children. Yeah. And on one of the episodes, the Macho Man was on it. So the Macho Man comes on. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You challenge me, Weird Al, to a wrestling match. I, I, yeah. I'm watching it now. He just he crashes through the wall. And now he's screaming and doing the Macho Man thing. And, <laughs> and then Weird Al is like, no, 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 no. Harvey challenged you to a wrestling match. And it was the hamster. Okay. So then, so then the Macho Man actually wrestles the hamster and loses. <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, we got to play that. <laughs> right. How can I do a really great show when I don't have any of my stuff? This is awful. I feel worse than I did the time someone stuck a crazed weasel in my pants. Hey, you letting a little robbery get you down? Don't be a crybaby. Get creative. How about a wrestling match? What do you say? Come on. You want to wrestle? Yeah. You want to wrestle, Mr. Man? Yeah. You don't even know what you're in for. You are in a world of hurt, my oh, friend. Really? That's right. Come on, bring it on. Yeah, that's right. You are going to get it now. You, my friend, have finally met your match. All right, Harvey. Go get him. Okay, Harvey, I think Mr. Savage has had enough. I think I bruised the rib. I demand a rematch. But next time, that road's going down. Yeah, yeah, right. Man, I can't believe it. Harvey, you gotta take it easy on these guys. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna beat this hamster. Yeah. (laughs) Hamster ain't got nothing on me. I'll snap the hamster's neck. Yeah. Hogan, you're next. Yeah. Right, then uh, continuing on the 1980s uh, goofball angle, I, I think you, I think we ta- we kind of talked about this. Pee Wee Herman has, he, he took his, remember, there was these rumors that he was going to redo Pee Wee's Playhouse as a movie. Yeah. And then it never happened. And then all of a sudden it became like a Broadway show. Yeah, well, in Los Angeles, yeah. I thought it was in New York. Um, Isn't that what Broadway is? Yeah, but I thought his show was in Los Angeles. But then that's not Broadway. 
I don't. It's know, just a musical or I, a play. I know, but maybe he's planning one on Broadway. I don't know. I'm on his website now. If he does, then oh yeah, yeah. it says all right. His website www.peewee.com it says the Pee Wee Herman Show six weeks only. Performances begin October 26. Stephen Sodheim Theater. Yeah. So there it well, is. Cool. How much is a ticket? Oh boy. Let me see. $150 probably. Let me see. Get tickets. Find tickets. Let me see. One. All right. Uh, the mezzanine, the cheapest one, $67. You know, that's actually not bad. Then the next mezzanine, 122 Orchestra, 122 Wow. Premium seat price, 177 When I say that's not bad, I mean compared to other yeah. shows in New York City. I'm not going to pay that much. No. Not even 67 It's Pee-wee. <laughs> yeah, but if I were guaranteed to meet him and get a picture with him, yeah. fine. But I doubt. Well, I don't, he might come out of well, the They stage. do a lot of times if you if you wait at the door yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we have, actually, one of our old high school uh, classmates does that all the time. So maybe we should ask her if uh, what the tips are. Um, yeah, be, yeah. Remember she um, she taunted me, taunted me with a picture that she had taken with uh, you know who, the play that I was supposed to have gone to see didn't go. Doctor Phil? No, not Doctor Phil. Please, the dush. <laughs> God sees dog or something yeah, like that. Yeah, dogs. I I don't know damn play <laughs> supposed to go and i didn't because <laughs> i i didn't because i wanted to watch the super bowl <laughs> and so i figured well I'll just go the next you know the next night well that was the last night and punch luck punch luck damn. what anyway. you gotta do now oh, shut up you i'm um, gonna do my own stage show all right, so you, I will charge one hundred and eighty dollars to give psychiatric treatment uh, live on stage. I'm gonna do a live one man show of Spider Man combined <laughs> with Iron Man and combined the, with Captain America and the Justice League. Yes, Batman, the Punisher, no. the Green Lantern. I invented everything. <laughs> I'm gonna do a one-man show with Albert Einstein. Oh God! I came up with the theory of relativity. Me, Stanley. That's right, web slingers. The man. All right, uh, real quick. Um, angry video game nerd. Right. Who we so, met? Yeah. Yes, we met, and we could have gotten an interview with him. And aired that interview on the Paunch Stevenson show. But we didn't. Because somebody had to leave early. Oh, yeah. What was I doing that day? You had to try out for a band. And then you showed up and you said like you left like right away because they were terrible. Uh, I don't even remember that. Yes. And you're like, I could have stayed and gotten the, the Angry <laughs> Video Game Nerd interview. Of course. Yes. Paunch Luck. Didn't take one for the team. The Paunch Luck. What band was that? Fa I don't know. I don't know either. 
how why would I know what the band was? It wasn't even a band. Oh, what was it? It I don't know. It was some people who were either forming a band or they wanted a drummer. I I honestly don't even remember. Apparently no. No. <laughs> That's how good they must have been. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so angry video game nerd. <clears throat> um a few months ago, he he did a couple of uh, he did like four different videos uh, on these like obscure old video formats. He did one on Beta. Um, he did one on Laserdisc. Uh, I forget what the third one was, but where can I watch these videos? On his website, which is Cinemassacre dot com. You don't have to watch the video. No, I'm Those not. I just wanted people to know. Yes. Well, he's on YouTube also. He's the angry video game nerd. Everyone should know who this guy is. I agree. So, yeah, anyway, well, his his YouTube account is James Nintendo Nerd. Anyway, so he did one on a format I didn't even never even heard about. The format was called a CED, Capacitance Electronic Disc. Never heard of it. Well, it was conceived by RCA in the 1960s. Basically, uh, what it was was pretty much a, a, a laser disc, in a sense. It was a magnetic disc. Well, it wasn't a laser disc. It was a magnetic disc. I mean, it was like uh, a big, gigantic floppy disc, basically. And it came in this protective, you know, package. And the uh, the, uh, the the strange thing about it was you would take the entire package... I mean, it wasn't that thin. It was pretty thin, but it was this big thing. And you would stick this thing in this player and throw the lever down, and then it would play. Wow. It, it looks sort of like, imagine an old, you know, vinyl record album. It, yeah, it, well, it act, I mean, it's almost like the way he showed the way it works, it's, it actually looked like an 8-track for video. Yeah, but it's like the size of an old LP yeah, vinyl huge. record. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So I watched that and I was like, wow, wow, this is interesting. And of course, you know, he had the same movie and he had like, he's really into, for some reason, really into the Bella Lugosi stuff and the the original King King Kong stuff. So he had them. But uh, I want you to play the uh, the clip that I made because I, I'm watching the whole thing. Oh, that's interesting. And I was seeing how he was operating it. And then, at like as the thing was coming to the end, I'm like, you know, this looks like the Ghostbusters when they put the trap in and they hit the button, they take the trap out, and then at the end of it, there's like a you know a little outtake reel, and then he says this, which I thought was pretty funny. So then you just put the disc in, right. you pull it out like that, and when the light is green, the trap is clean. <laughs> the trap is clean. <clears throat> yep. Light? No, the light is green. Trap is clean. Yep. The ghosts are confined in our custom-designed storage facility. Pretty cool. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I don't yeah, know so why. I, I kind of like reading or discovering, you know, weird little gadgets or formats like that. I, I don't know why. It's just interesting to me. Don't ask me where he found them and how he got one that worked. Probably eBay. Yeah, because I, I remember when he was trying to review, I think it was the, the CDI, and he went through, like, four different CDIs. He kept paying, like, 
$200 for them on eBay and they kept showing up that were broken. Well, the uh, uh, Jaguar CD add-on also. Yeah. This uh, capacitance electronic disc, CED. According to Wikipedia, it says it can store 60 minutes of NTSC video per side. Yeah. So I guess if you like play side one, flip it over, play side two, it could store up to basically two hours. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but who cares? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, it was, uh, it was the 1964. That's well, just cool. think, just think. Remember how when they, you know, when they came out with the first camcorders, you know, you had to put the whole v- VHS tape into it, or the the Betamax, you had to put the whole Beta tape in there. Can you imagine the size of a camcorder to use for this stupid thing? <laughs> you would need a backpack. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, actually, I'm on Wikipedia. It says it was first conceived in 1964. The CED system was widely seen as a technological success. Despite this achievement, the CED system fell victim to poor planning, conflicts within RCA, and technical difficulties. It stalled production of the actual system for 17 years until 1981. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, they invented this amazing breakthrough technology in 1964. And because of all this stupid, like, you know, political infighting within RCA, they didn't release it till 1981. Mm. Why even bother? I don't know. There was probably some, the movie studios probably, paid them off so they didn't release it or something. But yeah, so a, a long time ago, I was reading about this, uh, like, video, like, I guess something similar. It was like a video playback disc. But it was in, like, the the 1940s or something like that. You had to buy this special uh, screen, like this special, you know, uh, display, TV screen, and it was like, you know, maybe like a four inch screen. It was black and white. And the resolution was like worse than an old Game Boy. You, you know, the Game Boy camera? Yeah. Very, very pixelated, very yeah, of course. Uh, grainy. Yeah, yeah, there was no light. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was worse than that. Oh, well. Now, on one hand, it was a complete disaster, a complete failure. It was useless, basically. Yes. But on the other hand, that's kind of cool for something back then. Sure. We hey, we developed this new video uh, technology here. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell what's going on. We'll find some use for it. But the funny thing is, so like I'm reading this article and I'm getting all caught up in it. Like, wow, this is so cool. I can't believe they did this back in the you know, 30s, 40s. And then I thought, well, well wait a minute, though. They've had film since like 1900, and film is crystal clear. Mm. So, like, <laughs> it just made me realize, like, oh, wait a minute. There was already an existing technology that was five million times better. Yeah. But again, people in the home didn't have film projectors back then. So, I don't know. It was basically like the Betamax of the 1930s. So, um,. Uh, I guess we'll shift to uh, some Hollywood news for a second. 
Well, first of all, Michael Bay is still doing Transformers 3. Well, ruining Transformers 3. Of course. Well, this time he says he's going back to the drawing board. He learned all the mistakes from the second one. And he fired Megan Fox. <laughs> well, I doubt he's learned anything from anything. No. But uh, firing Megan Fox... I almost have 1% respect for him now. No, I don't, because she actually came out and said the Transformers movies are garbage. And so he fired her for it. <laughs> he didn't fire her because she was bad actor or anything. <laughs> oh. Well, then wait a minute. Then I almost have 1% respect for Megan Fox. Yes, yes. Almost. <laughs> Supposedly, he goes, yeah, we're going really old school here. The, oh, the old school fans are going to like it. Guess who the, the, quote, main villain is? Megatron? No. Starscream? No. Soundwave. This idiot doesn't understand. Soundwave was like fifth in command. He was a loser. Well, he wasn't a loser, but he wasn't no, the he... leader either. Wait, wait, no. what? wait, wait. okay. Hold on. <laughs> he was also a wuss. That's why he survived throughout the entire series. What happened to Megatron? You Didn't you see the last movie? He played no part in it. So, so basically, Michael Bay has learned nothing. No. He's lying. Of course. I hate this guy. He's a piece of garbage. All right. Also, I told you this the other day, but some this had to be fake, but somebody said that they were going to do a new Jaws with Tracy Morgan. Ah. What? I mean, come on. Wait, by the way. What's the shark doing in the water? <laughs> by the way. Um, I'm going to eat that shark. The, that, that video recording thing I was talking about, it was, um, it was actually first invented in 1927. And it was made by John Baird, B-A-I-R-D. And he called it the, – the resolution was 30 lines. You know how like a, a standard definition TV has uh, 480 lines of resolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This had 30. Yeah. So very low resolution. But John Baird, 1927, he called it phonovision. Ah, phonovision. There you go. So um... – Wait, so Tracy Morgan Jaws? Yeah, I don't. I think that was a joke. Three D? Well, everything's three D now. I mean, that's there's no point even putting three D at the end of a movie now. It's Jaws three D Part Two. And um, are Michael Caine and and uh, no. Richard Dreyfus going to be in it? No, I I wanted the movie. Well, you can be Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in a movie. No, wait a minute. I'm in a movie. I climb out of the shark. In fact, I, I started up the plane and I flew the plane right out of the shark. He's been like living, in Pinocchio. He's been living inside of Jaws for the last 25 years. Hey, just like in Pinocchio. He's Geppetto. You know how in the movie they caught the shark and they cut it open? There was like a license plate inside yeah. of it. and a, yeah. So they're going to catch Jaws in this, like Tracy Morgan will catch Jaws and it'll cut him open. Yes. He'll be like, go look, a boot, a refrigerator door, a license plate. And then Michael, Michael Caine, Caine. Yeah, he'll come out like, what took you so long? I've been in here for 25 years. 
<laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> He'd do it. I'm sure he would do it. Of course. What hasn't he done? Nothing. Also, uh, Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg talking about another three men and a baby. This time, it would be three men and a bride. No Ted Danson? Oh, I'm sure he would do it. Seriously? Come on. I know, just, now I'm serious. Just no, no, I know you're serious, but Hollywood, seriously? I don't know. Um, I don't get it. No. So, um... If they're gonna do that, you know, why doesn't Steve Gutenberg do uh, Short Circuit 3? Well, he didn't even do Short Circuit 2. It was Michael McKean. Oh, yeah, and and uh, Fisher Stevens. As the, as the Indian guy. <laughs> Number Johnny 5! Johnny 5 is alive! Number Johnny 5! More input! Uh, also, the Lord of the Rings... Uh, not the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. You know, they're talking about doing two of these Hobbit movies. And originally, the producer is Peter Jackson, but originally the director was supposed to be Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, he well he and he did uh, did he do Hellboy Part Two? All right. Well, he he quit because and he basically tried to put it as nice as he as as nice as he could. He's like, look, I have other commitments on movies, writing for movies, producing all this stuff. He's like, basically, they wanted me to move down to New Zealand for like three or four years. What? Before they even started shooting the movies. Wait, wait he, four years for what? I guess to set it up. I don't know. Four years to set up a movie? <laughs> yes. He basically, he's like, I had, to, I, he's, I think he said I would have to give up like six years of my life. Yeah. It's Peter Jackson. That's crazy. Peter Jackson is insane, and he is prompted. So here's the thing. Normally when somebody as insane as Peter Jackson makes a, a movie like The Lord of the Rings or King, King Kong, he is immediately thrown out from Hollywood, and no one will ever hire him again. <laughs> because no one will watch such an insane thing. Good. But because you have all these, these crackpots all over the world who watched these Lord of the Rings movies and could actually sit there and watch them, I don't know how, and King Kong, he continues to make movies. I'm not a so, fan. No. So, all right, so that... Um, Wait a minute, though. The uh, the Hobbit wasn't... Um, I thought Kevin Smith was directing that. What? No. Oh. Why, would, why would Kevin Smith direct <laughs> a movie like that? I don't know. You have Jay and Silent Bob in that too. <laughs> okay, well, I guess uh, I guess it's good enough as any talk about it. Uh, TV uh, this year, uh, last month actually, Lost came to an end. Yes, it's over. We have here's the thing: we have never ever talked about Lost on this entire podcast <laughs> over the six years that it's been on. Five okay. of which we've had a podcast. Well, I don't watch it, so exactly. what would we talk about? So I just want people to know, I am the the enormous Lost fan. Enormous. I have never brought it up on this show, <laughs> because Rob has never seen it. Ever. I just, what do you want me to say? I never got into it. You never even tried! 
I know. It just didn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I am a sitcom person. Uh, I like comedic situations. Anyway, so Lost uh, came to an end. And then we uh, we went and we saw something called the Lost Exhibit in New York, where they had a bunch of props. It was very cool. Yeah, there was a car, a bomb, a wheel, and a chicken suit, and some other, like a passport. Mm. There was a whole bunch of stuff. And you had no idea what any of it was. I had some idea. Not yet. Nothing. I knew that the doorway was the doorway to the island. No. <laughs> All right, fine. I don't know anything. You sound like so, like a kid in like fifth grade who, who didn't do any of the homework and just has to make up the answer. <laughs> it's the day of the oral book report and I didn't read the book. So I'm just making it up based on the one paragraph on the back cover. Didn't I do that? <laughs> we both did that. We did that a lot. <laughs> the best was, oh man, I love this old story. But the best was when our English teacher made us, wanted to make us read Antigone. <laughs> was uh, like the Oedipus. It was like that whole Oedipus. So who the, wrote the that? The Greek tragedy. Yeah, who wrote that? Homer or something like that? Or, I don't know. So Homer Simpson wrote it. Uh, and I, we were supposed to read it. So I never read it. And because I hated it. And basically what, what she what she wound up doing was she played. This is really strange. She played some of an audio recording of it and some of a videotaped recording of a performance of this Antigone. Yeah. But for some reason, she didn't play the whole thing. So we probably saw about like a half of it. And by only seeing that much and hearing that much, and I wasn't even paying attention, we had to do a test on it, and somehow I still got 70% right. Okay. I don't know how. And it was multiple choice. That's what it's all about. It was really funny. It was written by Sophocles. Ah, yeah. How can I forget that? In or before 442 B.C. Ah, well, here's just, the thing. Just, just before our time. Yeah, a few years. But I remember that happened a few times where we were supposed to read a book. We were supposed to read a book and then have a test. Mm. And I remember a few times, the like the day would come where you know, it was the last day to read the book. And then the teacher would show us the movie of it. <laughs> and then, you know, like a couple days later, then give us the test. So it was like, I never read the book. No. Why would I read when the teacher is just going to show us the movie? I used to do book reports. And this was when we, this was like in high school when you had to take like five or six books, novels. Yeah. You were supposed to read five or six novels that had the same theme and write some kind of comparative essay report on it that was supposed to be like 100 pages. Don't ask me how. I didn't read any of them. I read Cliff Notes. <laughs> Saw a couple of the movies or something like that. Well, the, the baby versions. Oh, yeah. They, well, I know. We've talked about that. I had little baby versions. Um, Those were awesome. You know, I know. <laughs> and then so when I needed to, like, quote stuff, I would kind of go through the chapters and kind of, like, 
skim some of the chapters of like, oh, oh, this this is a good part to quote here. <laughs> exactly. If you were to a- if he were to ask me what the each book was about afterwards, I would have had no idea. <laughs> me too. I did the same. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think about it now. And looking back, it was probably it, it probably ended up being more work to do it the way that we did it. No, it was no, <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> I I di- I would do it in like two or three weekends. Well, so would I, but but like you said, I had no idea what any of the yeah. I, I had no idea what I was writing about. I was just writing. Well, here was the thing: it was going to take you two or three weekends to write it in the first place. So I cut out the whole, you know, weeks and weeks. It would take you to write, read a book. Exactly. Yeah, what are you kidding me? Read, read the whole book. Yeah, get out. The big man. The big. The baby version. Yeah. I read one of those baby books. I'm not kidding you. I remember one time when I was a kid. I forget where we were. My mother and she went into a store with my sister, I think. And I'm like, I'm not going in. I'm staying in the car. I was probably like 11 or 12. I read an entire, I think I read the entire Count of Monte Cristo while they were in the store. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, in eighth grade, I did a book report of Moby Dick and I read the whole book in like 40 minutes. Yeah. Not only, I remember. And it was good. Like, you know, it it wasn't like a little three page. No, they were really entertaining. They were good, but it was just, you know, just... It was picked... Every other page was a picture. First of all, the books were about... I don't know. They were about five inch by five inch. Yeah, they were really small. And they were only about 200 pages. They're really small. Every other page was a picture. Yeah. And even the pages that had text, there was about three sentences worth. Yeah, the text was really big. But here's the thing. It wasn't well, like... It I'm wasn't like, like some three-year-old, you know, no, no, baby version. Like I mean, I, I, I'm calling it a baby version, but yeah. they were the it was actual story. Yeah, abridged. it was a bri- it was the actual story, but it's like I don't need the the author to describe the whale for a yeah. hundred pages. Just yeah, well, you know, give me the main idea in one sentence and let's right. go. Well, exactly. So it was like, what was the point of writing the whole novel? You're wasting your time. Just do it this way. It's very easy. And in fact, I remember by the time we got to like junior or senior year, I had been telling you about these things for like a few years. <laughs> and and I telling some of our other friends and they're like, no, no, you'll never get away with that. I'm like, look, all you got to do is you go to the library, you check out the actual book. And when they want to see what book you're going to do, you just show them the book. The library book. Yes, the actual, the real book. You don't show them the the abridged one, the little baby one. No. No. And so finally, it was like junior or senior year. You guys were like, you know what? We're sick of reading these books. Which which ones do you have? (laughs) And I went home and I typed up and I called it like Greg's Library or something. And I had a lot. I had like 50 of them. I know. And I like handed them out. I like handed out photocopies of them. Like, yeah, this is my uh, my library here. Who wants to lend out a book? I know. My problem is, you know, look, I, I read, but I read books about learning things, or like, you know, how to do this, or the history of that, or how this came to be, or yeah. you know, that that is what interests me. That holds my attention. 
But these fiction books, you know, back when I was young, it's like sixth grade, we have to do you a don't book have time for it. No time. Well, I, I don't have time, but I would genuinely try to sit down and read a book. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm telling you, I would, you know, I, I, I would get halfway down a page. My eyes would start like nodding, you know, like I'd start nodding off. I'd like, like I'd open up my eyes. I'd have to reread the last sentence like four times in a row. Yeah. I'd be full. It would just put me to sleep. You see, and I was okay until we did the Lord of the Flies. And I refused to read the book, and I watched the movie, and the movie had nothing to do with the nah. book. <laughs> but anyway. even now, like, okay, as an adult, you know, maybe if I read a fiction book, maybe I wouldn't just automatically fall asleep. Maybe I would, but maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. The thing is, I just don't care. No. There's no reason to care. You're not going to learn anything from these books. Exactly. I just don't care. Right, like so Harry Potter? Don't care. No. Lord anyway, of the Flies, Lord of the Rings. How, I, no. I just, I have zero, zero point zero interest in any fictional book ever. All right. So, and then finishing up with Lost, it's interesting. The very, in the very first pilot episode, the producers had actually the character that was Jack. He was like the main, one of the main characters, the doctor played by Matthew Fox. And, the originally that character was just going to appear in the pilot and it was going to be, it was actually going to be Michael Keaton. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. They wanted Michael Keaton and they were actually going to kill him off in the pilot. Ah. So it was like, can you imagine? Come on. You, you Can you imagine advertising this show, this new show with these, you know, they, they spent $3 million, whatever, $7 million doing the pilot. And there's all this hype, and it's starring Michael Keaton, you know. Yeah. And it, oh, you're son and and I, I mean, I was like, wow, a new show on a on an island. They get tr lost on an island. Michael Keaton, wow. And you watch it, and two hours into this pilot, you're like, wow, this looks great. I love Michael Keaton, and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> like he trips over a seashell and <laughs> yeah, hits his head on a log or something. <laughs> He goes, I'm Batman. And then the big man shows up as the Joker and eats him. Hey, the big uh, man. And can you, that the show would have been off the air the next episode. <laughs> People would have been like called up like all the, all the advertisers were like, wait a minute. We're, we're paying to advertise a Michael Keaton show. You kill him. You, know, you kill him off. Where, who do you think you are? The Transformers, you idiots. You kill off Optimus Prime and the, the biggest moment of this, of, of this, of the franchise. You have this big movie. You kill off Optimus Prime. <laughs> Stupid. I know. I know. It's funny that in the Transformers show, remember that episode where Megatron got all the powers of all the Decepticons and like Heavy Metal War. Heavy Metal War. So he had all these all this power, yes. all these capabilities. I've got all the power, Star Scream. That's right, Megatron. Bumblebee, transform. So Yeah. Optimus Prime lived through being beaten by what was essentially every Decepticon at like simultaneously. That's right. And then in Transformers the movie, not the Michael Bay piece of garbage. No. Transformers the movie, Megatron shoots him with like the, uh, like a BB gun and he dies. One time. One time and he's dead. Come on. 
Well, made no sense. Of course not. That's why it flopped. But it's still it was uh, the end of the franchise. It's still a good movie, but it made it's no sense. It's a good sense. movie, but... But it made no sense. It's a good movie, but at the same time, fail. Fail. <laughs> Failed. What do you want me to tell you? It was so bad that... The G.I. Joe movie never even made it to the theaters because it was so bad. People hated it well, so the much. G- well, yeah. well, the G.I. Joe movie was not I as know. good. Didn't even make the- I know, but they would have said, whoa, this is this is terrible too. What's this? One shall stand. Oh, One no. shall fall. Ha <laughs> <laughs>